Hallelujah. I'm going to let you be seated for a moment. I've got a very simple, a very practical, but yet I also believe a very profound message from the Lord today. And uh, before we do that, I just want to kind of, you know, sometimes when I, we have a great team and they get to do all the offerings and the announcements and the cool stuff and I'm sitting over there and there's so much I want to add because I like it. But uh, we are looking forward. He mentioned that uh, the Children's Ministry Department of United Pentecostal Church is doing uh, these crusades and they, uh, along with others, they have asked my wife, and, and myself and Zoe's going to come with us and we are going to Madagascar in May uh, and we're going to be reaching that nation uh, there's going to be four crusades going on at the same time uh, teacher training and then a crusade it's going to happen like he said in Botswana, Zimbabwe, South Africa and Madagascar we're looking forward to that There's a I just saw another one come through yesterday it's going to the Philippines and we're believing for God to do miraculous things. That million soul revival, while it seems just astronomical and, and unattainable, I'll tell you the way it happens is one child at a time. And uh, last this, this last week we had the first of our Missouri district uh, uh, regional camp meetings. It's a brand new concept that they're doing this year. We're wanting to bring camp meeting to the regions. And so last week, uh, Thursday and Friday, was in... Um, Lebanon, Missouri, it was our Southwest camp meeting, and it was absolutely incredible. Deep moves of God, powerful moves of God. And uh, Friday night, we had a children's crusade. Each one of our these regional camp meetings will have a children's crusade on the Friday night. And we had 18 children that received the gift of the Holy Ghost in that crusade. And that's just 18 more that we add to it. If you want to have some fun, you can go to the United Pentecostal Church Children Ministries page and they have a running total, a tally of all that have received the Holy Ghost and they'll, you'll be, there's ways that we uh, record that and we put that in and you'll be able to see that. But God's going to do great things. And, uh, and then uh, I guess this is the year that Lighthouse represents in Madagascar because we'll be there, my, my, me and Sister Buford and Sister Zoe will be there in May. But then in July... Uh, the Missouri Youth on Missions team is going there, and we have uh, several from our church that's a part of that. Of course, Brother and Sister Lee uh, are, are the heads of that, but they're taking with them uh, uh, Gracie and Mason and Andrew and Zane, and so there's going to be a lot of Lighthouse people uh, going through Madagascar this year. It's exciting what God is doing. And uh, before I get into the Word of God, in fact, if you want to turn somewhere, you can turn to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. And as y'all turn there, uh, we are moving forward in, in the, the plans and the, the, the getting all of the information so that we can bring it to this church body. But uh, Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday, we have a building inspection scheduled for the church that we are looking to purchase. And then once that building report comes back, we will finalize uh, the contract so that we can bring a contract and, and show you what all is in that contract so that we can vote and, and, and uh, uh, vote to either approve or, I guess, disapprove that. But uh, So we're, we're moving forward. Please continue to pray for our church as we look at the next steps. And um, I've preached for four years that when it came time, it was going to go fast. And so we've been preparing and we've been planning. And now God has opened some doors, and we're going to take it as God gives it. We're excited for that. Hallelujah. 
Romans chapter 12 and verse 13 says this, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For any of you Urshan uh, college students, what I preach today, while it is absolutely the truth and it's the word of God, I'm, I'm not doing justice to this verse because uh, I'm, I'm kind of um, pulling out just one phrase and not exactly exegeting it uh, properly. So don't, you can go tell your teachers and you can judge me later, but I'm stuck on that phrase, measure of faith. This last week, Brother Aaron Bounds preached uh, Thursday night at this Southwest camp meeting. It was an amazing message, and he preached, just so you know, just in case any of you follow anything, he preached the things God measures. He took his text from Ezekiel when the angel came with Ezekiel and measured the temple, measured the different facets of the temple, measured the waters that proceeded out of the altar, and Brother Bounds preached a phenomenal message that brought the entire conference to its knees at the end. But it stuck with me. While I'm not going to preach the same thing he preached, there are some elements of that message that I feel need to be preached here. And Brother Aaron Bounds is not going to be at the Northwest Camp or Northeast Camp meeting when we're when we have it here in March 12th and 13th. That's going to be our time to go and gather for camp meeting. It'll be at the Sanctuary Church March the 12th and March the 13th, Thursday night at 7 o'clock, Friday morning at 10, and Friday night at 7. Brother Parkey, our district superintendent will preach the Thursday night message. Friday morning we'll hear from our district secretary Brother Chuck Carr and then we'll worship a little more and hear from Brother Victor Jackson and then Friday night we'll have Brother Victor Jackson for us adults and young people and our kids. We'll have a children's crusade with Brother Lloyd Squires and it's going to be incredible. Brother Bounds won't be there so I told him. I said Brother Bounds since you're not going I'm going to take some of your message. I'm going to steal it because it stuck with me. I can't get over it. I, I, I went to bed late. I woke up this morning early. I want to preach to you a little bit about the measure of your faith. I, if I could, I would take you on a very quick study. I could spend hours on this. I could, I, I could spend uh, multiple services just on this. But first off, God likes to measure things. Just go read your Bible. Exodus chapter 29, starting in verse 38. And it tells about the daily offerings that were to be given to the Lord. This is what you will offer on the altar. Two lambs, a year old, day by day regularly. One lamb in the morning, the other lamb at twilight. And I'm kind of paraphrasing. And with the first lamb, a tenth measure of fine oil mingled with a fourth of a hen of beaten oil and a fourth of a hen of wine for a drink offering. The other lamb you'll offer at twilight and he shall offer it with a grain offering and a drink offering as in the morning pleasing aroma food offering to the Lord he says there I will meet with the people of Israel I'll consecrate uh, the tent of meeting in its altar I'll dwell among the people maybe a better understanding would be to take a look at this in the New Living Translation because it reads thus and I'm just going to highlight a few things two lambs a year old that's a measurable thing one in the morning one at night, that's a measurable thing. You'll offer with each one two quarts of fine flour, one quart of pure oil, and one quart of wine. 
One in the morning, one in the evening. The Bible says in verse 42 of Exodus 29, these burnt offerings are to be made each day. That's measurable. In the Lord's presence, you can find the presence and measure that. And it's at the tabernacle entrance. Again, it's a measurable thing. God likes to measure stuff. You don't have to guess where the tabernacle entrance was. You don't have to guess how many lambs to give. You don't have to guess how many quarts of flour or wine to bring. If you would read your Bible, and I'm not, I don't have time to go to Bible in verse, but if you'd read your Bible starting in Exodus chapter 25, you would see the plans that God gave the children of Israel for the things of the tabernacle. And he makes it very clear, and I'm going to give imperial numbers because I don't speak in cubits and spans and stuff like that, and I barely speak in metric. Let's do it in, in the old-fashioned standard measurements. Ark of the Covenant, 45 inches in length, 27 inches deep, 27 inches high. The mercy seat has those same dimensions. The table of showbread, it was going to be 36 inches in length. It was going to be 18 inches deep, and it's to be 36 inches tall. They're measurable things. The golden lampstand, although we don't know the dimensions of the golden lampstand, it's very clear how it was to be crafted and how it was, you know, seven different branches. But it does tell us that that golden lampstand was to be beaten out of 75 pounds of gold. It was a pretty amazing thing. The bronze altar, seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet deep, four and a half feet tall. I don't have time. I wish I did. I'm, but, but, but the tabernacle construction, uh, every dimension is very plain. How long the curtains are, how high the curtains are, how many rings that fasten the curtains together, how, how many poles and, and where it's supposed to be, how many bases. Everything in it was measurable because God likes to measure things. Even the cities of refuge that God put in, in mind. If you read Numbers chapter 35 and verse, starting verse 1, going through verse 8, just, just look at verse 4, if you will. The pastures of the cities that you give to the Levites shall reach from the wall out a thousand cubits. That's 1,500 feet. On all four sides of that city wall, there was 1,500 feet reserved for the the pasture lands and then he said but go a little bit further and, and, and go all the way to 2,000 cubits or 3,000 feet those were the pasture lands and then he said the cities that you give to the Levites shall be cities of refuge and, and there'll be six cities it's measurable look at your neighbor and say God likes to measure things and by the way God so likes to measure things and he likes to measure things right because in Deuteronomy 25 and verse 13, it makes this commandment, this admonition. Don't have in your bag two kinds of weights, a large and a small. Don't have in your house two kinds of measure, a large and a small. Remember that in this day and age, they their money and their, their, their currency was based on weight. That's why in other places it says you have a shekel of the sanctuary. It was a, a shekel and everything had to equal out or weigh to that. And so if you can imagine your your money and your gold and your silver and your, your, your oil and all of that, if it was measured by weight, they would put up that scale. You know, the old-fashioned scale where you put something on one side and then you put weight on the other and it balances out. People learn pretty quickly you could cheat. If I said that 
that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you for, I'm going to pay you $100 for a pound of gold. And I had a pound weight, and I put it on there, and then you poured your gold until it evened out. That's how it was. But if I wanted to cheat, and you would have no way of knowing. I could go get something that said one pound, but I could really make it three quarters of a pound. And I could put that standard weight on it, and you would pour it. Or I could, or I could give it more so that I would, I can make it a pound and a half so that I get a pound and a half of your gold. And I'm only paying you for a pound. So the Lord said, don't have two different weights and two different measurements. Be fair, a full weight, a full weight, a full measure shall you have that your days may be long. Because God likes to measure things. In the Old Testament, if you'll just read it, we're hopefully so many, many of us are, are, are taking our Bible reading and we're, we're going through it. If you read the Old Testament, just start taking notice of how many things God measures the weight of it, how many it is, how many times a day, how many different offerings, how many different sacrifices, how many different uh, 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 festivals. It's always measured. Now, we love to shout and, and dance, and, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I help you out? You don't get to pick and choose which Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he liked measurements in the Old Testament, he likes measurements in the New if under the old covenant, measurements mattered to God, in the new covenant, measurements matter to God. In fact, I would tell you that in Jesus' own words, he said, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And maybe even a little stronger. Old Testament, don't commit adultery. I sure hope none of you have committed adultery. And we say hallelujah. But Jesus said, yeah, I keep that too, but... If you lust, it's like you've committed adultery. Don't murder. Man, I hope none of y'all have murdered. But New Testament, he said, don't hate. So God likes measurements. As you go and peruse through the New Testament, however, you will find that there are not many physical elements to our, our worship. or it, 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 It's kind of hard to measure some things. We don't come to an altar, so there, there's no measurements in the Bible on how big my pulpit has to be. We can have a small pulpit, a big pulpit. There's no measurements in the New Testament how big our, our offering pans need to be. So sometimes it feels as if we stop measuring stuff. We, we're not bringing physical animals to our sacrifices anymore, so we're not counting a year old or, or you know no blemishes or make sure they have all four legs. We don't have that. But can I tell you today that while the New Testament may not have many physical elements, uh, it doesn't mean we stop measuring because God likes measurements. In fact, Jesus said this, Mark chapter 4 and verse 21. Is a lamp to be brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed or, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except it come to life. Anyone that hath an ear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And you begin to see this thing of measurements. What this is, if I could take you a little bit further, the, 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 the measurements is the more you hear, the more God expects you to share the gospel. 
the more you understand the word of God the more God expects you to obey the more the word of God is open to you the more you're uh, required and the more you measure it is uh, what you do God judges us on how much of the word we have heard and we obey it's a measurement Romans comes around and Paul begins to write I appeal to you therefore brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship or the King James says your reasonable service don't be conformed to this world be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may by testing be able to discern what is the will of God what is good what is acceptable and what is perfect but look at verse 3 for by the grace given to me I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than he ought to think but with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith God is the son I understand that God gives gifts I understand that God decides what gift he wants to give you I realize that God has already measured your life God has already measured your ministry I get all of that but can I measure my faith Luke says uh, of G, records of Jesus' words in Luke 6 and verse 37 judge not and you will not be judged condemn not and, you, and, and, and forgive and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven Give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over will it be put in your lap for with the measure that you use it will be measured back to you there's two things that I see in, in Romans 12 and also in Luke 6 number one sacrifice is still required today and number two our lives and our bodies are the sacrifice I'm not bringing a, a goat anymore to church I'm not bringing a lamb anymore to church but I'm bringing me to church I'm bringing this sacrifice to church and, and, and you've got to get to the place where you can measure your sacrifice judge I mean first off just in case anybody's wondering the Bible doesn't say don't judge the Bible says be careful how you judge because the way you judge others God will judge you in fact I could read a lot of verses in the Bible that says about how you should judge and so uh, the Bible doesn't say don't judge that's the, that's one of the, the lies of the enemy it says be careful how you judge because if I, if I judge you harshly, go back to the, you know, I, I look at you and I say, oh man, there's a, little, there's a little speck in your eye, a little piece of sawdust in your eye. And I start criticizing you and making fun of you, and the Bible says I got a two-by-four sticking out of my eye. It's the guy that, that, that could not afford, he owed, he owed a lifetime of, of salary to the king. And he begged the king and said, king, I can't give. I can't pay it back and there's no way and the king forgave him a lifetime of salary and the first thing he did was go to his friend that owed him five bucks and said pay up or I'm going to throw you in jail so that's what it means but there is a measure don't condemn forgive you got to measure your forgiveness you want to be forgiven forgive others give measure your giving and be given back to you we've got to learn to measure our sacrifice and our altars measure your salvation this salvation is not a a willy nilly uh, kind of 
whatever you want it to be. You've got to measure it. Does your salvation measure up to the Word of God? John chapter 3 and verse 3 and 5, have you been born again? Have you been born again of the water and of the Spirit? If you can't measure up to that, then you're not measuring up. We're not allowed the, 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 the privilege, if you will. We're not allowed th that we can do whatever's right in our own eyes. We can't, we, we can't do whatever we want to do. God says, I still require measurements. Acts 2.38, you've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If your salvation does not measure up to that, then you need to take a stock of that, and you need to make your salvation measure up to God's Word, not God's Word measure up to what you want. We've got to measure our salvation. See, there's a lot of people, they don't like the word measure. They don't want that. They, they don't want to, to have to, to, to take ownership and stock of their life. Did you know that you can measure your separation? Number one, are you living a separated life? If you say no, then you failed the measurement. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Is there a difference in the life that you live being transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost and the lives of those in the world that are not transformed? If there's no difference in you being saved and them being unsaved, then what's the purpose? We ought to be able to measure our life. I ought to be able to say I'm talking differently post-salvation than I did before. It ought to be that I walk differently now that I've been saved than I did before. I need to look different now that I've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I need to act different. I've got to measure my life. You can measure your holiness. Now, I'm going to end this, and I'm going to go back, and, 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 and let me just tell you right now, I'm not measuring myself by you. The Lord never tells us to measure ourselves by each other. In the Old Testament, God did not say, Brother Mark, I want you to measure your lamb against Brother Bob's lamb. Is your lamb better than Brother Bob's lamb? That's not what it was. He said, it has to be a year old without blemish. I'm not measuring my holiness by you. I'm not measuring my separation by you. I'm not measuring my love and my devotion by you. But I am measuring my love, my devotion, my holiness, my separation, my life, my salvation by a word of God that changeth not. It's a standard that's written in heaven. And God's word says here's what it is. And you can't change it. Don't even put a dot extra over an I or a little cross on a T. Not one jot, not one tittle. Don't take away, don't add to it. There is a standard of God's word we, we preach these last couple of Wednesdays and we'll continue our, our lesson but we've, we've talked about boundaries in our life and things that will help us I'm telling you, you can measure your holiness do you put any unclean thing before your eyes? that's a measurement what do you allow your ears to take in? Are your ears a, a part of unholy things? What are you saying? What is coming out of your mouth? Is there any gossip? Is there any lewd talk? Is there any corrupt communication? You can measure those things. The Lord still likes to measure stuff. What about our worship? Can you measure our worship? Absolutely. Now remember, I'm not saying that we measure against each other. But, but let me just ask you, did you worship today?
That's the first measurement. Did you clap your hands today? Did you sing today? Did you lift up your hands today? Did you honor him today? Did you glorify him today? Measure your worship. Sometimes you need to take a step back and ask yourself, am I worshiping? And then let me, let me give you another way to measure. You ready? Do you worship on Monday when there is no church going on? It's a good measurement. You can measure that. It's easy. In fact, if you have to, go get you a journal and write it in there, and then you can measure. What about your prayer time? You can measure that. Is it daily? What about just consistently? What about your duration? And again, I'm not measuring my prayer against your prayer. I'm just saying, am I praying? Do I pray? When do I pray? How do I pray? God wants us to measure some things in our life. Fasting. You can measure that. Do you know that? It's real simple. Did you eat or not eat? Did you, did, did, did you, did you not eat because you woke up way too late and you ran out of the house and, and, and you, you went to work and you said, I fasted today. I think that might be why the Lord said fast and pray. might be connected. But you can measure those things. And sometimes in the way of in the hubbub and the craziness of life, you need to step back. I told you I'm preaching a simple, practical message. Sometimes in the hubbub of life, you need to step back and measure some things in your life. What about offerings? Do you know it's really easy to measure your offerings? First off, do you give? That's a great measurement right there. That We could stop right there. Do you give? How consistent. God never intended for us to measure against others, so it's not do I give more than the one beside me. It's not do I give more than the one behind me. It, it's, it's you measure yourself against his word. Brother Bounds made a, made a statement, and this, this may be the, the, the one statement that just stuck in my mind. And, and I, I went home, and, and even as I prayed at the altar, I began to pray. And he made the statement. He said, you can, you can physically measure the altar. I, I told you the altar measurements. And then if you read Ezekiel, it, it's, it's just huge. The altar is gigantic. But you can measure the altar. But you can't measure the effects that extend from your altar. Let me, let me, let me put it like this. And, and I, 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 can, I can physically measure my giving. We make it very easy around here, and we have to because of the Missouri state law. Our church is required to give a giving statement every year. And, and, and if you haven't got yours, then it's, it's, you have the wrong address or because we print them all. You can measure your giving. If you didn't get one of those giving statements, you can measure your giving. I can look over my giving statement and I can find exactly how much Sister Buford and I gave last year. I can measure that. But I can stand here today and tell you that while I can measure that offer, I cannot measure the blessings that God has blessed our family because we have 
given. It's immeasurable. I can't even begin to understand it. Let me give you a practical example in Haggai chapter 1 and verse 3. When the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai and he began to talk to the children of Israel and he said, you know, you're living your life, you're living in paneled houses, everything's great, and my house lies in ruins. And then he makes this statement. Consider your ways. You've sown much and harvested little. You eat and never have enough. You drink and never have your field. You clothe yourselves, and you're, but no one is warm. And you earn wages, and you do so, and it's like putting them in bags with holes. Any of you ever heard that old phrase, your pockets have holes in them? Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hand right now, but have you ever gotten a paycheck, and, and it just you have no idea at the end of the week where all the money went? It's like you stuck it in your pocket, and it just disappeared. That's not an old wives' tale. It's in the Bible. It says that, that there's, there's something about measuring it. But watch what Malachi says. Malachi gives you the flip of that. Malachi says that I, the Lord, change not. And he said, he said uh, if you rob God, then you're cursed with a curse. But he said, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Put me to the test and see if I don't open the windows of heaven for you. See if I don't pour down a blessing. I'll rebuke the devourer for you that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. That the vine in your field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. He says, test me, try me, see if I'm right. What I'm telling you is things in our life, you've got to start measuring what you're doing for the Lord. And you can find measurements, but the blessing of those measurements you'll never be able to, to contain. You, you, can't, you can't have two different sides of the scale. I'm afraid all too often, and I've been guilty of it in my own life, so I'm not necessarily yelling or screaming at you. I've been guilty of it in my own life that if we're not careful, we have two different sets of scale, two different sets of weights in our lives. You don't worship things in the world with one set of scales. And then when you come to God, you worship with another set of scales. You don't, you don't give in the world with one set of scales given the church with a second set of scales Lord asks us to measure our faith I begin to think about that and, 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 and it's so simple it's so uh, just I mean elementary but yet it's so profound and I found myself over these last 48 hours or so examining me and saying how do I measure my faith my faith in God is what I'm talking if you ask me, I would tell you right now, oh, I believe. I would tell you right now, I believe in God. I have faith. But at the end of the day, he asks, well, how big is your faith? You know, a little, little song says, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just, you know, mustard seed faith. And, and, and while all of that is true, it's biblical. It's saying that sometimes when you can't even feel it, you can, it, you just, if you can believe God a little bit, he can do miracles. If we're not careful, we that, that bleeds over into everything else in our life. What's the measure of your faith? As our musicians come, I want you just to, just to think for me for a moment. I've given you some practical things, but, but now I'm asking you to examine. I, I didn't bring it. I should have brought a, a, a ruler out here. I should have brought a, a, a tape measure out here. Measure your faith. What is it? It could be church attendance. It could be Bible studies that you've taught. 
It could be anything and everything. But how do you measure your devotion to God? I'd like to tell you today that it's worth it for you to measure some things in your life. Because if you'll measure some things that you can measure, you'll find that God will give you things you can't even get a long enough tape measure to measure. It's pretty easy for us to measure our problems. Have I ever done that? It's pretty easy to measure the losses and the hurts, the pains and the, the curses of God, if you will. And sometimes we do pretty good measuring the, the, the what we don't have. But I'm encouraging you to measure your faith and then watch God begin to pour into your life immeasurable grace, immeasurable blessing, immeasurable uh, wisdom, immeasurable understanding, measurable relationship with family. Those things matter. I don't believe in a prosperity doctrine. I'm very clear of that. I've, I've learned that it rains on the just and the unjust. I've, I've learned that, that sometimes you go through dark days even when everything's okay. But I will stand here and tell you in the 40 years that God's blessed me to live on this earth, I will be the very first one to tell you that I'm more blessed when I have my God and my devotion to Him than I am cursed when I forget it. I'm blessed today. I've had to take some time to measure some things. So I ask you today, how do you measure your faith? Would you stand today with me? God likes to measure things. And I believe, to be honest, I believe that judgment may be as simple as this. The Bible says we're going to be judged on every work that we do. He's going to be judged. Another verse says we're judged on every word we say. So at some point, He comes and He sets your life on a scale. He's going to put those things there. Oh, I know the blood of Jesus Christ is heavier than all of our sin and shame, and I'm not against, and I'm not, I'm not trying to change this understanding of grace and mercy, and I don't deserve it. I get all of that. But living for God requires some measurements. You don't live for God just because you say you live for God. You live for God because you live for God. You don't say, oh, I love to worship God. No, you love to worship God because you worship God. So in our lives, I think it would behoove you and us to measure our faith. What are you giving to the Lord? What worship do you bring to the Lord? What glory and honor do you give to Him? Do you give it to Him in the morning? Do you give it to Him in the evening? Do you, do, do you pray? Do you fast? Do you read your Bible? Do you have those, those disciplines of the Word? Do you live holy? Do you live separated? Those are measurable things. And you don't measure against another. You measure against His Word. And I think that, that I would be the first to tell you the more I spend in His Word, more I see things I need to measure my life towards and against. It's that blueprint that I say, you know what, I'm doing pretty good here, but man, you've let me see another element, an aspect of my life, and I gotta, I gotta work on that. I can't forget this over here. 
but I got to work on this. How do you measure your faith? I want to invite you as they sing to create an altar. Whether you create the altar up here or where you are or step out of your pew, wherever, but I'm challenging you to create an altar.